Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast that loves you. I'm your host, Madam Perry, and, uh, well, your groove mistress, cruise director, I'm just here for you, and I'm happy that you're here, too. First of all, I want to thank everyone who's been subscribing, who's been sharing this with their friends, um, the downloads, of the stats are looking great because of you, and thank you. And because of that, I'm able to continue to get so many great, uh, so many great guests on that we've had recently. One of my favorite things, and I know I've said it before, but when I see the reviews you've left on Stitcher and Apple iTunes, and thank you so much for all of those, when I see those, I think about uh, some of the ones that say you like the fact that I have people on that you know, whether it's a musician or uh, an author, a filmmaker, um, artist, astronomer, whatever, NASA, JPL people. And then you also like when I bring on people that you've never heard of and meet somebody new. And I really appreciate that because I, I, I like to bring on yeah, people you know, people you don't know in all different areas. Uh, so thank you for saying that. Also, uh, you know, I've been posting a little video I made about uh, people who, uh, excuse me, about uh, some of my guests who have prizes and give you discounts, you know, like um, uh, Franny Goldie. Um, If you go to FrannyGoldie.com to buy clothes, uh, just put in MPS. Madam Perry Salon initials for a discount, and of course those are the clothes that she that um, Oprah Style Guru Adam Glassman always puts in uh, his section of the Oprah Magazine. Also, he brings her clothes often onto uh, when he visits the View. So yeah, this is some pretty high end stuff, and you'll get a discount just because of uh, Madam Perry Salon. Also, um, there are last oh Tuesday night my guests were. Poet Julie E. Blomacky and uh, crime ri- fiction writer Matt Coyle. Each of them offered a free book to a listener, so all you have to do is send me a message um, or either through Facebook, either Jennifer Modette Perry or Madam Perry Salam. Send me a message with your name and let me know. Do you want the poetry book by Julie Blomacky or do you want the book by uh, Lost Tomorrow? See, Julie's book is Slide to Unlock. Matt Coyle's new book is Lost Tomorrows. It's the sixth in his Rick Cahill series. So just let me know which one you want. And then, of course, we'll put the names all together, and then I'll have uh, someone else draw the names just to keep it all looking pretty legit. And So don't forget to do that. Also, one more, one more thing is uh, two weeks ago, my guest was Kyle Mayberry, sports agent and CEO of True Athletics. And a lot of people have asked me about his information, and he's got a discount too for my listeners. But listen, if you have 
uh, if you're a young person interested in sports, uh, get ready to go to college, or if you have a son or daughter interested in sports, True Athletics was created to provide a simple and effective way for student athletes to find the right university or college. They help match student athletes with an institution based on their ability. They have a great team of professional advisors made up of retired and current professional athletes with many years of experience in college and pro sports, and they want to make it as easy as possible. They evaluate every bio and profile and uh, find the college universities that are best suited for you and your level. So if you go there to the website and it's spelled T-R-U-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-X, trueathletics.com. And of course, I'll share if you if you miss it, um, message me, but I also share it often on all of my social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even LinkedIn. So once you find that, go there. And also, if you go to the How It Works section, they'll tell you what to do. Simple. You don't have to go and find some salesperson that's going to try to pressure you into a lot of things. You choose what you want. One, select a package, bio, and upload a video. Three, select your payment options. Four, that's it. They get a hold of you. And guess what? And these are not very expensive. But... Right now, through the end of April, you have a 50% discount code that you use at checkout, and it is STRONG2020. That's S-T-R-O-N-G-2020. STRONG2020 at checkout will get you 50% off your package. That is great. So trueathletics.com. Definitely, definitely hit them up. Now, you know, because everybody's got more time to listen to podcasts and people are asking me what's coming up next, who's coming next, and you want more uh, uh, content, hey, I've got it. I've got it, and I'm bringing it to you, and thank you so much for letting me know. Tonight, uh, a lot of people have asked me about this show and, and uh, what's coming on. I, You know, it's all right here, folks. I'm bringing you the love. First of all, I've got a guest co-host on this show. You've met her here before, and her name is Andrea Walker, but she writes as A.L. Walker. A.L. Walker is a fantasy author. Cheer um, or where is this year? She released her first book in the Kittry series, fantasy series called What Happened in the Cove. Andrea, welcome to Madame Perry Salon again. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. You know, I was saying the uh, last time, you know, when we met, finally met in person after all this time, I think that was the last good time for everybody for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was, right before everything shut down. Yeah, at Tucson at the uh, at the Wild Wild West Con. And I think I remember it was a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you came out there from Phoenix. We met. We got to have some fun, you know, talk together. And then... As uh, you've probably heard me say, that after you left, uh, no, I think you came on Saturday, and then I left on Sunday, right. Um, And then on Sunday evening, we turned our clocks forward. (laughs) But we didn't know we were turning, we were going to the Twilight Zone, did we? Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so before uh, I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. But you know, um, before I bring Jim in, and I'm very excited to have Jim back. He's a very interesting fellow and uh, very entertaining, as well as a prolific and, and very clever man, a uh, prolific writer and clever man. Tell us, uh, for people who are new to your series, uh, what happened in the Cove. Just give them an idea, uh, just uh, what it's about. Yeah, it's basically um, Alien Meets Girl. It's science fiction, romance, um, <laughs> urban fantasy. <laughs> a little bit of mix of everything. There's a carnival theme that runs through all three books. But one was in progress, but... <laughs> Uh, it's a really fun series. It's meant to be fun. It's not like really dramatic or anything. It's meant to relax by. So, I, I like that alien meets girl. I like that. That just leads off right away. Um, <laughs> and by the way, thank you. Recently, on one of my storytelling shows, you allowed me to read a chapter from the next book, which is not out yet. So, thank you for giving me right. a the op on that on that sneak preview for everybody that was pretty cool um so great that's wonderful uh well listen i am glad that you're here so that you could help me welcome in uh jim busgrave and let me tell you we got a lot to talk to him about so if you'll uh help me welcome here he is an english professor taught at Caltech. You know, Caltech is a place for the kids, for the boys, excuse me, young men from Big Bang Theory um, allegedly work and uh, or do work, the characters do. And I know he's got a lot of stories about that, but I don't know if we'll we'll get them all out. One day we're going to get them all out of him. Uh, But he's also a publisher, author, and I am delighted to welcome back one more time to the Genie Bottle, Mr. James Musgrave. Welcome. Hello, Andrea. Fantasy realm. That is so Welcome. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you know about those yeah, uh, professors like- at Caltech? They don't live in apartment dwellings with where elevators don't work. You do know that, yeah. right? They make six-figure salaries and live in La Cañada, Flint Ridge, some of the highest... <laughs> <laughs> Real estate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's the truth. Well, that's I used cool. to be, you know, well, you know work, work there. So There's so much you've got going on, Jim, that I want to uh, get into. And um, I think the first thing we're going to start with is, you know, there's your, your uh, publishing. And, you know, when I'm, I've, I've been telling people one of those things that's really cool about you is, you know, you do embrace the idea of just making everything sort of multidimensional and uh, taking advantage yeah. of all the resources available to you in these modern times. Because you've added yes. um, music to books, you've added um, live voices, um, actors, and, and situations in there. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, you know, Valentine Wolf was the uh, was the, the uh, steampunk or um, yep. chamber metal duo that we used once in your books, and I got to meet them. I saw them in a live performance back in January. They're so great! And, uh, yeah. Oh gosh, yes. Uh, but let's start. Let's start with, and I'm, I'm going to kind of cross two two sides of the road in a way, but your most recent book, because you had a, you had a contest for people to become characters in a, in an asylum, 
And also, yep. then you've got another book coming up that follows it in just a few months. <laughs> so let's start with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like I'm on a three-book deal here. Uh, that was my third book in the Porsche of the Pacific series, which is historical mystery. And my favorite saying, by the way, is from the filmmaker, uh, Kurosawa. He passed away a little bit ago. But he used to say, you, an artist can never avert his eyes. And I bet my fantasy author knows what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to show it, you know, the way it really is from an artist's perspective. And sometimes you step on toes. You know, you're going to get called on it and you're going to get controversy and so forth and so on. Anyway, so the difference between indies and what I like to call the mythical land of the famous authors is that we take more risks. We have to, you know what I mean? Because we're not going to get noticed. It's just, it's a, that's the plain deal. That's the realistic story I want to impart to anybody out there thinking of being an author because you're not going to get noticed and you know, unless you take a chance, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this third, this third book was taking a chance. I got involved with five women, which is a risk, but I grew up with, you know, sisters. So I was kind <laughs> of prepared, <laughs> but, uh, but the fantastic response from them, I wasn't prepared for, you know, they were very eager to participate in such a horrific enterprise, you know, being in a 19th century drafty insane asylum that, uh, for example, I did a lot of research, you know, kind of different than the the, the book uh, American Dirt, where the agent claimed that the author did two years research. <laughs> but if you read mm-hmm. that book, and I have, you see that there's no way in hell she did two years research. Anyway, I won't go into that. But I did a lot of research <laughs> on the actual Stockton Insane Asylum up there, up north, you know. And uh, uh-huh. the fact was that one out of 45 individuals who lived in California at that time had done some incarceration in some kind of a mental institution. So in California, it was big business then, you know, to be to be uh, put away. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, so so I was working with that, and I also had my historical – uh, protagonist, uh, the first female attorney in California, and she won it on her own. Her father was an attorney and a minister, but she earned it. You know, she didn't dip, she didn't do a day of law school because that's the way they were then. You know, the men just kind of mm-hmm. browbeat her out of school, and but she was a successful attorney because she worked hard. Anyway, she's my She's my hero. And so I got these women and I told them, well, you're going to be five suspects. You're going to be patients in the asylum. So in my drawing, I had them draw kind of an outline sketch of what makes them eccentric, 
or what they've done, you know, in the past to um, to uh, to be a patient in said fictional asylum. So I got people who really you know, told it like it was. I mean, um, for example, Lisa Wilkinson, who proved to be my perfect red herring, you know, for the mystery. Uh, we all call her the cutter now because she she killed her husband on their wedding night in her wedding dress in her wedding dress because he kept bugging her about uh, eating food the improper way and masticating out loud. So she knifed him. <laughs> so that will give you an idea of her. Because she told me in her, you know, her little bio, you know, well, I'm very eccentric, you know, at the dinner table and this and that. So, you know, <laughs> Andrea can attest to this. You know, you let your imagination <laughs> go. And so you bring up, you know, some wild stuff. So, and Lisa was so great. She created a trailer for me also. Gratis. <gasps> oh, I mean, this, yeah. is, this, is a, this is like a professional level book trailer, you know, like, like uh, Stephen King would be envious. I'm not kidding you, but uh, she did it <laughs> on her own. She put her own kids in the, in the trailer, you know, cause they like to dress up in horror costumes and so forth. But Lisa was tremendous. Uh, and then I had Jessica Adkins. She had actually, and I, I think she'd let me, explain this because it worked into her character so well. Her best friend when she was 15 uh, was murdered and she had to testify at that trial, you know, to, mm. this is like life. You know, this is like Kurosawa mm-hmm. uh, looking at it. So I had to, you know, kind of morph that into my fictional character. So I made her have a reality that she believes that everything she's thinking is all that exists. In other words, she creates her reality from her mind and that all of us are just the characters in it. I'm sure it's been done before, you know, but, but it kind of worked so well with, with what she had actually experienced. And she really enjoyed it. You know, when she enjoyed the character, you know, after I finished but um, and her mother's a, a literature professor, and she did too. So I'm kind of impressed, you know, <laughs> that, that they liked it. So Lisa or Jessica, you know, she confessed all that to me, and and I worked it into the character. And then Sydney Reyes, who's uh, Filipina, you know, I worked her into the character. And I used some background about the Philippines, historical reality at that time. And I also asked her, do you mind if I make you a lesbian? You know, because they were, they were putting lesbians and, and homosexuals in the asylum very fast, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so she said, no, you know, go for it. You know these kids today? Yeah, go for it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, just make me, you know, pretty or something. No, she didn't say that. But I did make her attractive. Um, so anyway, she worked out great. 
and Catherine Yantis, who works with the elderly, I'm sure she was affected. I, I have to talk to her because she actually works with many of these homes during the coronavirus um, uh, tragedy, I call it, not a, not a virus. You know what mm-hmm. bugs me? You know, I was I was kind of make I was going to make a joke about that coronavirus joke uh, that I worked at Caltech and JPL, and I wanted to get on that Silicon Valley jet that went to New Zealand. You know, when it first started, because <laughs> all those dudes, you know, mm-hmm. I tailed it out of out of the valley, and they weren't going to hang around. But anyway, people like mm-hmm. my wife who's a nurse for ten years, people that work. In in those homes, you know, like the one who took care of my wife before she died of Louis Body, you know, those people are the heroes, mm-hmm. and they're the they're the life riskers. You know, they they can't they can't run off to New Zealand, they can't shut down, mm-hmm. they can't open up a, you know, they can't open up a state like Georgia. You know, that governor of yours, uh, no. Governor Dickwad. Oh, excuse me, what's his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian something. Camp. Yeah. Oh, okay. Camp. Yeah. So the Camp. reality today is that yeah. the bottoms are up now, and the camps are down, in my in my estimation, because you can't put people at risk anymore. We have the technology. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> mental asylum. Catherine Yantis was a cowgirl, and she worked, you know, inside. Um, Old age homes. That's what we used to call them. Where they call them now, you know, Mount Pleasant or the Gracious Manor. They have all a lot of <laughs> euphemisms, I guess. <laughs> but um, I guess the worse they are, the better euphemism they have. Is, is that the way it works? No, I don't know. Uh, the anyway, last she corral or went around like that. to all these. Yeah. Pardon? The last yeah. corral, the dot com nursing home, something. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, God. It's going to get morbid. Okay, Catherine Yanta, she was great. You know, she, yes. she actually cares. You know, she's one of those caring people. But she goes around as a, as a hobby with her family to visit haunted mansions and deserted, you know, places for thrills. Mm-hmm. So I worked that right into the character. And... uh and then Angela Toma, same way. She was into horror and, you know, visiting haunted places. Her family actually thought she could speak to the dead, which was really the spiritualist movement in this country at mm-hmm. one time. And it's still mm-hmm. popular, you know. Uh, so all five of those women just helped me so much, you know, and were so... Uh, kind and sharing with their personal lives and didn't mind that I worked it into the, you know, actually into the the character outline and the finished Mm. product. And none of them. No, I'm not going to tell you. I won't. I'm not going to give any more. Okay. Well, (laughs) don't don't give up too much now because we want to sell your books here. Okay. Hey, by the way, you said the the character that you, that you worked into a lesbian, um, now, did yeah. you give a specific type? Because, you know, I was once known as the den mother of most of the musical 
lesbians and lawyer um, lesbians in Atlanta, Decatur, because from my TV show. Yes. I don't know how it just sort of morphed into that. And uh, I was talking earlier about when um, when I was in Tucson um, in March and. Andrea here came out to visit. I said, on that day, I wasn't wearing a dress, you know, the Wild West stuff. I was wearing my casual, you know, you've heard the lipstick lesbian. I said, this was my casual Western chapstick lesbian look. So, you know, when they say, <laughs> make me pretty, make me beautiful, you know, there's, there's a whole yeah. different thing to that. So um, yeah, I feel comfortable with the chapstick lesbian. Yeah, she wasn't a stereotype. <laughs> I try to stay away from stereotypes, even in the 19th century. I try to stay away from uh-huh. her. So she was she was yeah. kind of desperate, you know. She was a street immigrant, yeah. and so but she liked girls, you know, and she knew that. And men had treated her poorly, you know. And from the students mm-hmm. that I worked with who were lesbian, they were very adamant about being shit on by men. Excuse my French, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of them were. And so I don't, I'm not saying that that's the reason they turned necessarily, but, but they were very adamant about, you know, being mistreated in some way. So that was her, her backstory, basically, you know, that she was a girl of the streets in the 19th century, and she kind of got picked up for making a pass at a, at a woman, you know, to make a few bucks. And, um, she was incarcerated in the mental institution. Those were basically prisons mm. in the 19th century. And also yeah, yeah, and so the families, uh, families were, sell, you know, that's part of my plot too. You know, the, the wealthy Knob Hill family incarcerates their daughter, Polly, because they believe, you know, she might say something about her sister who was murdered. You know what I mean? That so mm-hmm. they say she's crazy. You get her out of the way, anyway. But uh, yeah, they were doing oh, by that. the way, it, yeah, oh yeah, it was it was it, it was a money thing too. But yeah, it was uh, nightmarish. You yeah, know, you, big we, money. That again, yeah. we've got things going on today that you know were nightmarish. But uh, that's true. Way, that's cool. Look at our prisons. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, if you're listening live right now, and this is April twenty third. 2020, 826 p.m. If you're in the GMT minus four code, um, if you're listening live, I'm here with James Musgrave, Andrea Walker. I'm Madam Perry, your groove mistress and cruise director. And if you want to call and talk to James Musgrave, the number is 646-716-9922. That is 646-716-9922. If you have a question, just give us a call and we'll... uh, be happy to talk to you. Also, for people that cannot make a phone call but have a question or comment, you can just message it in to me through Facebook via uh, Jennifer Maudette Perry or Madam Perry Salon on Facebook, and I'll be happy to share it. Um, okay, well, let's go into the, the book coming up, too, the next one. Uh, yeah. Marie. Talk about this is that. the That's one I love exciting. because it's where I live, San Diego. <laughs> And we have a history, too, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> not as old as Hotlanta, but, uh, you know, the burning uh, giant. Well, that's Texas. The one with, what was the one, you know, my wife loved it. Um, 
Oh, the burning of Atlanta, Tara, you know. That, yeah. What was the name of that? The Gone with the Wind. Gone, Gone with, the wind? with the Wind. She read it in one summer school vacation, I think she told me. Yeah. <laughs> Her parents weren't too thrilled because they're Jews, you know. The Confederates <laughs> weren't exactly, you know, personable with the Jews. Anyway, but she loved the romance. That's the part she loved. And I agree. Yeah. But anyway, my my book is about kind of a boomtown existence in 1888 in San Diego. And all of these characters that I'm using as the principal characters lived there at the time. My character from my whole series of five mysteries moves down to San Diego in actuality, and she buys a newspaper. This was blowing my mind, too, when I realized the disappearance of newspapers now, <laughs> local newspapers. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, in 1888, they had 20 dailies in San Diego, a community of 40,000 people. Can you imagine? <laughs> anyway, so Clara <laughs> really? buys a newspaper. <laughs> She's going to be rich in San Diego. Yeah, right. Uh, no, the ones that were rich, you know, ha- were running the stingery, and uh, that was the what they call for tourists today the gas lamp porter. You know, isn't that nice? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. A nice euphemism. Yeah, but it was a stingery, and uh, it's where the hookers and you know the 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 bars were. Over two hundred taverns in, let's say. Uh, 25 blocks area, maybe not even that much. Anyway, so, and over 200 bordellos, you know, or a lot of them were lean-to shacks near the waterfront, you know, that where women kind of put their name out in front. If you've ever been to Holland, you know, where they had the red light district, Mm -hmm. that's kind of upscale. That's upscale, you know, where they have, you know, they <laughs> demonstrate their wares to the passing clientele. Anyway, yeah. so this is going to be all about Wyatt Earp, who did live there with his common-law wife, Josephine, Sarah, Marcus. He called her Sadie, and she got pissed off every time he did because that wasn't her name. My name's Sarah, you know. But she's a character... And he's a car- he's a murderer, accused murderer, because uh, he shoots a guy at the hundred round fight in TJ Tijuana, is south of the border, where we live here. And he used to do promotions like that to make money. He also ran four saloons and gambling halls, and uh, he was wide earth, you know, okay corral, you know, a whole bit. So mm-hmm. right. Um, he gets this new lawyer in town, my protagonist, you know, Clara Shortridge Fultz, the first woman attorney allowed to practice in California, and she has to defend him. So the whole my whole mystery takes place concerning having to go into the stingery with a doctor who used to take care of these women, and she is also a mm-hmm. historical character. Charlotte Johnson mm-hmm. um, Baker, and so she becomes a major character, and they form a team. 
Shortridge and Baker, Dr. Baker, and this guy, this rookie Tribune journalist, writes a feature article calling them the uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson of the Wild West, you know, being tongue-in-cheek and and very, you know, putting them down, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, they're the ones who have to crack this mystery and find out why Wyatt Earp shot this rabbi Sonnenshine, who's a Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. I had to do a lot. My wife is looking at me from the the netherworld right now because I had to do some research into the Kabbalah, which if you're Jewish, (laughs) you have to be like have years of studying the Torah and, you know, before they'll even let you look into the mysticism of Judaism. So you believe I had this to do some research on that? You better believe it. Mm. <laughs> or my wife is going to curse right. me from the, from, the, from the grave. Anyway, so he's the murder victim, this guy who forms a Kabbalah cult with a bunch of the prostitutes because he's going to shut down the singery. He's a moralist Jew, you know. He's going to save these mm. poor women from their life of debauchery. And so, but Wyatt guns him down at, in the middle of the 100-round fight. And so, um, but, the, but of course, my detectives, plural, because Charlotte becomes one as well, want to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. So I've got four chapters right. now. And okay. the first two chapters think... are going to win me an Emmy. because I channel those two women. I mean, they are in it, especially Ida, Ida uh, Bailey, the first one. She, I mean, she belongs in Stockton. (laughs) Oh, I'm having fun with myself here. I don't, I don't believe that, Andrea, do you? (laughs) <laughs> Andrea, I don't know. As a writer, I can tell you, yeah, there's just two different things when you're a I can reader pull and it a writer. Off, Andrea, yeah. I can pull it off. Oh yeah, I'm and sure. It but yeah, it's, it's. Well, I did have a question I'd like to ask. I wanted yeah. to know a little bit more about like how you're using like actual people um, instead of like a yeah. made-up, you know, main character. I want to know a little bit more about that. And how you sure. Handle that. That's you know, how do you yeah, that's because my. It's actually related you know, to the Clantons, and to me, that would be like with using Wyatt Earp. It's like you're almost in my own family you history. You were related kind to of them? Feels weird. Yeah, I'm related to the Clantons specifically. Yeah. Oh wow. I'm on the bad side. Wow. <laughs> so, Enter my contacts, yeah, my... please. I'd love to work you in. <laughs> so, so I definitely I'm interested anyway. in that because it is. Yeah, how do you how do you work with that? How do you? Okay, you know, I do read, it. Yeah, I don't get a lot. Of, I get my most positive criticism, even from Kirkus and you know the hoity-toity reviewers. They say my best feature is doing exactly that. You know, working the plot into the history rather than working the history into the plot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. difficult for me. Yeah, it's not 
for some reason, God gave me that gift, you know, to, to, to use history as my artist uh, board and not messing it up, you know, because I do the research. But the characters themselves, there's a lot of leeway, you know, because I believe, I really believe this. I think actual human beings, when you get to know them, are much more fascinating than I could ever create if I lived a hundred lifetimes. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Because they have so nuanced and so changeable and reactionary and and startling and loving and gracious and evil. Oh, man. You know, I I just can't do it. So I kind of use my imagination based on those real people that existed. And I think I have a good imagination, I guess. And I try not to um, get to, uh, Andrea, I want to ask you something. When you, sure. Do you take any creative writing classes? Um, yeah, in, 20 in college years ago. Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. About, yeah. Years and years ago. You remember, yeah. you remember what it was like, yeah. But, oh, you yeah. know, that, that idea of people would look at you, you know, when you read some stuff and they say, how did you do that? You know, what what's the... I always think I always like Flannery O'Connor's response, you know, about writing classes in college and so forth. She said that they're basically useless. She said you're you're either a creative <laughs> writer or you're not. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. Do you? Does that mm. ring a bell with you? Yeah. Oh yeah. So anyway. I've heard it. Yeah. So I come from Flannery about- O'Connor's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's no that, yeah, you've got the talent, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. The talent, and then there's craft, isn't there? Well, okay, uh, let me just say one more yes, time. If you want to talk too, yes, there is. Yeah, but I'm if you want to call it, so. uh, what? Okay, all right. The number to call in six four six seven one six nine nine two two. Block Talk Radio assures me it is a toll free call in the continental U.S. Hey, you know what? Jim, if you will look over yep. and uh, to your I'm right and on part the beaded curtain, toes, I know. <laughs> don't worry about it. Part the beaded, they'll, they'll, they love you anyway. Part the beaded curtain because yep. somebody you know is about to walk right in here. And welcome oh, no. back to Madame Perry Salon. Is this Jonathan, is this Edwards? This is your life? Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, come on in and say hello. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, this is Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Oh, not that guy. Yeah, you old <laughs> I thought that was Where's you that outside there. He I'm was so busy. Money. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Jim? How you doing, Jennifer? Clancy lowered the boom. Hey, doing great. Good. Good talking to you guys. Hope you're healthy and well. Yes, yes. hope you so are as so well. Good. So, Carrie, do you There's want to be in? There's some people coming uh, down uh, you know, from Atlanta. Yeah. 
I'm coming down from Atlanta. We're already down here. I didn't mean. Uh, I mean the people from uh, the the other neighborhoods that are not at Atlanta. All the nail workers. Oh, oh okay. They're going to move to Atlanta, right? Because they can <laughs> they can work now. They're free at last. I don't free know. At oh. last. <laughs> Bottoms will don't have get to me started. Get, a, get the militia out there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Carrie, we were talking. Andre and I've been talking to Jim about how you know he's he's putting people. You can you can win a chance, or uh, you can enter for a chance to be in his book yep. as a character I'd in an asylum. I don't know what kind of character. prize that's supposed to be. Or a, uh, <laughs> hey, you're in the with. book. You're in an asylum, <laughs> but you're in the book. Okay, that was the other one. Gotcha. I just let you know what you're in for, Carrie, what kind of options could be ahead. Um, also, uh, maybe some speaking parts because, you know, uh, Jim, Jim likes to take advantage of all the modern amenities and uh, capabilities. <laughs> Or uh, or maybe yes. you could even sing in it, Carrie. What do you think? Well, I think uh, <laughs> my gifts as a singer would be greatly wasted if I didn't win that one. Because uh, <laughs> people have compared Just me. Just barbecue. Yeah, Frank Sinatra. Well, tell us about much. it. Oh, by the way, stop, guys. Speaking of Frank Sinatra, well, speaking of uh, Bobby Darren and music uh-huh. of that ilk, Next next Wednesday, my Boy, guest is a singer who's yeah 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 well not as far back as you Jim but next Wednesday my no. guest is a singer who was influenced by Bobby Darin um, he's going to be on his name uh, is uh, Don Mose he's an actor director singer but you probably know him as Ralph Mal from Happy Days yep. Ralph yeah Mal. he was great yeah he'll be here he'll be here Wednesday night. And if you call in, don't say, hey, you were great, or I used to like you on that, okay? That's that's not good. <laughs> you know what I would ask him? Is it like mouth? What? M-O-U-T-A. Did they, did they mean his character to be like the mouth? You know, the the, the wise guy? Uh, anyway. I always wondered. No, that, that was the actual last name of the character. It was M A L P H, rhyming with Ralph. Ralph Mouth. I don't know what, who came up with that. Yeah, but I, I thought it was like... Rhyming with mouth. Anyway. Oh, it's the seventies. Yeah. It's the seventies. Seventies, right? You had to yeah. be there. Or not yeah. be there considering. Yeah. Considering the seventies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he'll be here Wednesday, just let you know. Okay. Cool. Uh, until so, I saw your advertisement for the show. Um uh, Most. I'm glad you did. So Donnie Most, yeah, he's going to be good. He's, I'm, I'm really excited about this, and he's he's looking, he's uh, he's ready. He's ready for your call, um, and and uh, he's really a very nice guy, very interesting. So he's been fun to talk with so far. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so tell us, tell us if, if me or Carrie or Andrea or anybody who's out yep. there listening who is right now, Will, her, Mary, fan. Um, See Justine Sims. If any of us want to know how to be part of the next book, Stingaree, yeah, what do we if do? You, if you want to be What's an author about? who uses this technology, but you think you can craft, you know, a multimedia version of your genre, this is it. This is the future, people. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take off because we're going to be hit by these plagues, one way or another, uh, coming up. And we're going to be sequestered in mm-hmm. quarantine, and it's it's going to become the new normal, you know, because we're not doing anything about the environment. I hate 
That's my big Mm-mm. pet peeve. And and I'm with that little gal from Sweden, you know, who, who mm-hmm. should win the Nobel Peace Prize besides golden-haired fuzzy man, you know, in the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, we have to let me, yeah. take it back a notch. Go ahead. You know, don't drive those big gas guzzlers and the jet around all over the place. I loved it when the Joker got on the Academy Awards and told it like it was. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You don't have to fly in on your private jet, you know, to to come to the Academy Awards. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, come on, let's roll it back a little bit. And uh, yeah. the planet will love us. She's gr- mm-hmm. very grateful. Well, you know, Jim, Jim, you just reminded me of something. All three of you here anyway, are writers. And so here's a yeah, here's a good question for all three of you while you're here. And I think we've got the answer for this, you know, but I want to know all three of you what you think. Um, last week, I was invited to be a guest speaker to a group of some senior uh, public relations students at Clark Atlanta University. I assume you've all heard of Clark Atlanta University. Yes. Actually, they were the first uh, – they, they had the first – their radio station was the first place to play my CD, actually. But anyway, Clark Atlanta University, so I'm speaking to these graduating seniors because their professor had hired me to work for a long time working on film premieres for HBO and stuff. So what do you think they you know, asked me first, every single one of them, because they've been handling real-life clients as part of their class projects, and they're about to graduate. And the first thing they're asking me is, every one of them is, I've got this kind of case, I've got this situation, this is my client right now, but we can't go out and be with anybody, and we can't go out and do anything in public. How do we do our jobs now? <laughs> yeah. And and I knew it was going to be coming, so you know I had answers for each one. They would give me their specific projects, and I would give them ideas or things that I thought would work for them and help them. But what, Jim? Start with you. What? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I think um, having communication that uses as much multimedia as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and develop it into every every type of communication. You know, just make it seamless so that the platform can work across multi-channels. And let's not just allow corporations, you know, to have the bandwidth. Let's extend the bandwidth as possible so everybody, even independent folks, PR people, authors, artists, musicians, so forth, can get as big a piece of the pie as possible. And and they can learn this technology. It's not, you know, it's not exactly um, rocket science. You know, it's, it's pretty easy. Google's done a lot of work. And although my son teaches physics online now, and he's kind of griping at Google, but... Um, <laughs> he'll admit, you know, they'll get around to it. You know, <laughs> they'll, they'll adapt. And that's the thing about digital is it does adapt. It just takes the brains to figure out 
the mm-hmm. how we're going to adapt and um, use it for the purposes it is meant for, um, not how we control it necessarily, which is kind of a bad way to look at things, but how it can best serve the public, you know, in, a, in the broadest possible way. And I know mm-hmm. that's antithetical to our present administration, you know, look at things <laughs> in kind of a, a larger perspective. But uh, mm-hmm. that's the way it's going to be, whether with him or not. You know, I I happen to think mm-hmm. if we have a fair election, he's going to get voted out. So, you know, we're, and we'll have mm-hmm. once again, hopefully, an administration that has a, a little bit more savvy when it comes to having technology that can assist most of the people. You know, with, without any kind of prejudice. Uh, as to mm-hmm. who should get most attention and most devotion to, um, to the dollars and, and education and technology and so forth. Um, I just read a great book, by the way, kind of off the cuff. Uh, an attorney who teaches at Yale Law School, Markovitz, V-I-T-S, uh, he wrote this book about the trap of the mer- uh, meritocracy. And if, if you want to mm-hmm. see how education is really divided these days between the haves and the have-nots. You got to read that book. You know, it's like all right. It's a real, it's a real uh, eye opener if if you come from the underclasses the way I did because I never <laughs> went to Harvard or Yale or I worked at Caltech, but and I was around a lot of brains, but I never really had the silk pajama set on. You know. Yeah. And this book opened your uh, eyes, you know, to that. Yeah. All right. Anyway. We'll check that out. But and they first were, of all, yeah. before we go, because we, before we run out of time, I want to yeah. make sure people know that uh, Jim, Jim Musgrave, James Musgrave, same guy. Uh, his website address is Emray, which stands for English Major uh, English Majors Readers Editors. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, emrepublishing.com. E-M-R-E. Go there. There's a contest mm-hmm. page. It says, three readers will become suspects in the interactive sixth mystery of the Porsche of the Pacific yep. Series, Stingery. So and I want Andrea. E-M-R-E. And I want Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I want you all to sign up for that, to go there and enter. Also, um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll also be sharing that website and the contest page where you can submit for that. So don't miss this chance. It's very – it's going to be a oh, very exciting – Oh, I wanted to ask Andrea and Terry a question. Could I? Sure. All right. Sure. Who, who impresses you most who critiques your work? A fellow author or some who's, you know, paid – like from Kirkus or one of the big, you know, critical or the New York Times or whatever. And are my you only more impressive? No. Well, I guess you <laughs> go ahead. Um, Who else? I don't know, Andre. Do you want to go first? Make it either or. Yeah. Yeah, I'd Who be more in favor of author. Uh, probably somebody who is a, a fellow author, somebody I know. The problem I have yeah. always felt with any paid review is, well, you did pay them. 
So I know yep. that Kirk, for instance, will sometimes let you down, but most of the time, I mean, they that profit right there, they're not going to be that yep. honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that's, I, yeah, that's my I, uh, uh, sentiment. Fellow author I all would, the time with me. Yeah, I would say a fellow author because, um, especially one who's not, you know, gilding the lily a little bit there, and you know, you're the yeah. best writer since right. Hemingway or something. <clears throat> but somebody that gives you an honest take, yeah, 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 and doesn't doesn't nitpick on certain things. Like, well, I would have done this instead of this, you know. But somebody yeah, that yeah. that reads it honestly and right. says, you know, one of the best um, reviews of uh, Joe Peace that I love is fairly critical of it, but you know. Um, just the whole kind of the genre, you know, uh, overall, yeah. and uh, pretty critical of that, you know. Kind of the the name was too on the nose, you know, kind of stuff. And yes. I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like what King I loved said, about Joe Peace personally as an author was the Kurosawa deal, you know, looking at reality through non-gilded eyes. You know mm-hmm. the the kind the kind of natural human humor that tragedy can kind of like the wartime jokes. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, that type humor. of writing is very difficult to pull off, and you did. You know, well, it's like you. like you're laughing and crying. You know that kind of stuff. I don't read a lot of that today. The no. commercial fiction. Crap. It, it sure doesn't sell, but it's fun to write. Yeah. No, I don't care. Oh. Yeah. So you're putting me down now as a fellow author. <laughs> anyway. I'm yes. Yes, of course. Right. Yes. I, I, fellow authors over any, you know, uh, paid review or something like that. Yeah, you know. yeah. One paid review. They usually suffered enough, you know, fellow authors. If they're real authors, you know, they yeah. their dues pretty much. You know, and, because uh, what I write, besides, besides you know, promo copy, what I write is creative nonfiction um, it's, it's in my memoirs of a misanthrope blog. But, um, but I do know, because I don't write the way you guys write, writing creating fiction and, and crafting it and, and creating char- fleshing out mm-hmm. characters and such. But what you're saying, listen to all of you talk about the different reviews of people and which ones you know, carry more weight. It makes me think about when yeah. I was studying, uh, taking guitar lessons, studying classical guitar, and I remember that my teacher told me, she says, when you get ready to play in front of someone, play in front of a musician that you mm. truly respect, that you yep. really admire. Yep. Because she says if you play in front of somebody you know, that doesn't play guitar, what they're going to hear is, you don't sound like the record. But a musician will hear how far you've come. And I think that, mm. that in some way parallels to what you're saying. That is so who... true. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that crosses all genres of art. You know, that yeah. kind of attitude. Um, because, uh, let's face it, if you, you aspire to be an artist, you're, you're putting yourself on a different level than the normal folk out there. And so you got to be able to take it, you know, both sides. Um, and sometimes you're seen as a genius. 
sometimes you're pelted mm-hmm. with rotten fruit. <laughs> so, so it's like I was listening to, to Jerry Seinfeld talk about not going to colleges anymore with his humor, you know, because it's become so politically right. correct today. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of my stuff is never appreciated because of that fact also, you know, that we're so hyper vigilant about not stepping on anybody's toes. You know what I mean? It's like, it didn't used to be that way. Not when I was younger. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just, it's just, just on their toes. Yeah. thank you for it as a reader. I think, you know, if you can perhaps show for, and I'm not talking about Nazi yeah. propaganda and stuff, you know, when I'm talking yeah. about politically yeah. correct, I'm talking about, you know, yes. simple things, um, like a reviewer of Joe Peace uh, suggested that it was racist for me to have Hispanic yeah. characters um, because I wasn't mm-hmm. Hispanic. Like, well, it's set in Texas. I mean, how do you how do you write yeah. about Texas yeah. without having Hispanics? You know, yeah. and it, it wasn't mm-hmm. they weren't for Joe, Joe Hispanics. They were just normal working cats. Some were criminals. Some were cops. Whatever, but. You know, I wasn't making fun of them or or anything or trying yeah. to be in their shoes and go, you know, as a Mexican, I would do this, you know, because I'm not Hispanic. So I just told their story as I knew it from, you know, my sure. standpoint. There's nothing in it I thought yeah. that was demeaning or degrading at all. And I was really taken yeah. aback by that. Seriously? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've read that American Until- Dirt novel, Terry, but that's that's a perfect example of how not to do it. If if you want my advice, how to how to be so smooth that it comes off as unrealistic is the only word I can, you know, it's like fantasy. Should be a fantasy. Well, couldn't tell you off for everybody would be nice, <laughs> but I mean, people are going to have different yeah. opinions. I mean, I had a yeah. pseudo-Nazi, you know, white Southern racist guy in my book, but I didn't use any racial uh, you are terms, you know, that. to be yeah. spoken, you know. And I made sure people knew that he was a lousy individual, not just by saying, you know, he's a terrible person, <laughs> but, you know, his whole setting and the way he is. He's a terrible person. Nobody would want to be like him. So, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. No, you know what? Uh, we're about out of time. I, I, we, you know, I just had that little voice come to my ear, that fake British accent that tells no. me we're almost out of time. And I am just so grateful to have had you here. Uh, Jim Musgrave, <laughs> thank you so much. We'll be sharing all of this thank with you. Thank you. Um, yep. And I, I so hope fun. you'll come back again and again. Andrea Walker, yes. much luck with you, too, and everything that you do. And looking for the next book in the Kittry series. Uh, Carrie Dunn. Joe Peace is still one of my favorite books, and you know that. And by the way, folks, don't forget Monday night. Oh, don't forget to enter the contest I've got going on. Go to the website. I mean, go to the Facebook page and uh, enter to win free stuff or get discounts from my guests. Also, Monday night, I've got four people who are experts in logistics, uh, global finance, something else, something else, talking about what's going to be going forward, life after COVID-19. And Wednesday night, Donnie Most will be here, and uh, 
he's a sweetheart of a guy. You're going to love him. So be here with Donnie most. And I think there's one more thing I've got to say, and that is, of course, the title. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.